Hello and welcome to Celtic World, the YouTube channel connecting Celtic fans all over the world, from Perth to Perth, from Banff to Banff, from whatever strange pot you're currently watching the unfolding disaster that is the 23-24 season, you're part of a Celtic world. And that's always a good thing. Right, guys? Right. Okay. <laughs> Let me show you the times here before we do too much. This is what time we're on. I'm sure you can find whatever that represents to you. Uh, we're all here, including the barking dog behind me. Always starts up about 10 minutes before showtime. The, dog, the dog's livid. <laughs> He's not allowed. Uncanny. Okay, so I say whatever part of the world you're in, we're represented by Perth, Western Australia, and Cardiff in Wales. First of all, Perth. Paul, tell us how many above 40 degrees it is today. It's actually a very pleasant 30-ish. We, we dropped to about 31 yesterday, and I thought, here we go, some relief, and it was 85 percent humidity so it was pretty much the same as the 40 degree days we've been having so yeah it's been it's been very unpleasant for the last few weeks but we're looking at a bit of a dip in uh, in weather and i'm off on holiday for about 300 k's further south next week so it'll definitely be much more pleasant for a couple of weeks while i'm down there so yeah it's uh, it's on the change thankfully good stuff and how are things in wales ian bit much like celtic's performances uh Drab, grief, depressing. Uh, no, it doesn't look like changing. <laughs> Miserable. Okay, well, I'll tell you what would cheer us all up, I imagine, and that's if anyone who's watching who hasn't already uh, and is, thinks this isn't pure pish would consider subscribing. Uh, last time I checked, we were like 930-something, so we're still making the push for the big 1,000. Woohoo! And uh, in fact, don't just take my word for it. In honour of um, Ian being in Wales, here's another little message to the same effect. Hello, lovely boys. I love the Celtic world. I do. Absolutely brilliant. If you haven't already, subscribe immediately. There you go. Subscribe immediately. So what are we talking about, gents? Well, this is on the menu. The shifting mood among the Celtic fan base and uh, among us, the three of us, uh, David, oh, um, David's not joining us, I don't think he was going to be. The second point on the agenda is, would I lie to you? Uh, where we're gonna talk about a few of the speculative opinions that you see expressed among Celtic fans. I wanna understand what ones are absolute bollocks and can we just please stop entertaining as notions and what ones aren't and then we ascribe you know a score in terms of the contribution that they make to the disaster that we're in something along those lines of course this is the motherwell preview very exciting i'm sure we're all super excited about the next game and the fixture list and then finally celtic socials so that's the plan so the shifting mood gentlemen I want to gauge what your mood is. Now, where are we all at? About a week ago, there was a degree of positivity around. You know, we can do this. Brendan's done it before. He knows how to win leagues. I don't just mean among us. I mean, generally, I was saying a lot of this. He knows how to beat the Rangers. 
and then we've all had a, we've had a fixture since then, and the mood has swung again, and it seems to be overwhelmingly negative now. So I just want to check in with our panel this evening, see where we all stand. Up for the battle, feeling an eerie sense of impending doom, already scunnered with this season and want to get the inevitable done and out the way. Paul. Well, last week I proclaimed that I was mostly a glass half full kind of guy, but uh, you'll note this week distinctly less than half full. Um, I'm not tossing the towel in yet, but it's it's pretty dire. Like it, that 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 on the weekend was just absolute horseshit. If I'm brutally honest, like obviously you guys covered it, but it's just become this pattern of. Do quite well first half, better team, look okay, create a couple of chances, miss a few chances, score a goal, and then we shoot ourselves in the foot, and it's an absolute shit show second half. Um, he seems to have no idea who his best team is. There's blatantly obvious stuff that is going on that you just go, I've no idea why that player's getting game time. I've no idea why those substitutions are getting made. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the elite level manager stuff just seems like a mass delusion. Um uh, yeah, look, I'm not tossing the towel in. I think, you know, with a bit of following wind and a bit of luck and a few players back and a couple of changes to the personnel, it only takes one. It only takes one decent result to get a bit of momentum. But it's not looking great, is it? It's it's really poor. I said this week a couple of, in a couple of chats, it's not out of the bounds of possibility we could win all four derbies and still lose the league. That, and that that's a scandal. It's a scandal that we've already beaten them twice and we've lost more matches than them and we're behind in the league. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not massively optimistic, but... Go well, you go as you now. say, you're usually you an optimistic flag waver. You know, I look to you for, you know, a mood enhancement. Mm. Well, I don't I'm, look I'm, to I'm, Ian for mood enhancement. No, so no we don't. Let's prepare but... ourselves. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best I could muster. Right. So I, first, I want to prefix this by saying to people because I think there's like an element of our support that thinks that if we express an opinion that somehow, like, we don't want to win the league, I would love us to win the league. I'd let me just make that clear. As a Celtic fan, I would love us to win the league. I would love the performances to change. I would. Uh, I'd give anything for those sort of things. <laughs> so let's just get out of the way. None of us want Celtic to fail. I would love to be sitting here going, I was completely wrong about everything. I would be happy to eat humble pie, more than happy to have like triple servings of humble pie. But I'm not going to engage in what I would consider delusion. I also would prefix this for the people that say, well, you know, just back the team blindly and just act like everything's positive. There's nothing we can do to affect the performances on the park. Like, the, we can talk about it, like, you know, and we can express our opinion, but if we give positive opinions or negative opinions, it has very little impact on that dressing room. The only thing that's going to impact that dressing room significantly are good performances, which then are written about in the media, which then affect the overall thing. So people need to kind of understand that us expressing negative opinions or 
our own opinions doesn't really have an effect because I think there's some people that that thinks that like I don't know that Brendan Rodgers is is tuned in here and if we say he needs to do this he's going to change it that's not going to happen you just have to be realistic so without all that out of the way I looked back at when I think um, some of the kind of key points like where I think after the defeat. I was looking at 16th of December, I think, was the time that I was like, right, Rogers really needs to go. They need to make the decision now to give someone time to work with the new players, maybe bring people in. We had a couple of decent performances, and I was like, well, if he gets these players in, you know, in, in January, things will change. That never happened. And then since then, it's just been kind of downhill. One of the, I think, the biggest indicator, and it's a little thing, but I don't know if you remember after the, in the, the Ross County result, Alistair Johnson was going, the boon a one nil. And to me, that is the crux of everything that is wrong. Because to have a current player not understand the situation they're in, the lead that they've lost, that a deflected goal in the first minute, and then a terrible performance against a team that was rock bottom of the league, not understanding that that wasn't good enough is worrying. Because that then shows that that squad had an element of delusion in it. If he thinks, if he's like, wow, they don't think a 1-0 with a deflected goal and struggling and nearly losing a game to a team bottom of the league, what, that's not good enough for them? That wasn't an Ange ball 1-0. That was a Rogers boredom ball 1-0. And as we've seen, the people that actually booed there were right because they could see what was happening because that performance was replicated against Hibs where we got away with one, we got the penalty in the last minute, and then a draw, and then a draw. It's it, The writing is on the wall. I don't understand where the optimism comes that people think that we're suddenly going to start churning out results because there's no evidence. Some people are pinning their hat to Hatati coming back. He needs to get up to speed. CCD coming back. He's not been fit all season. These players aren't going to make a difference because Rodgers is going to ask them to play the same mind-numbing, possession-based football that has no real outcomes. So for me, and look, again, I'd love to eat the humble pie. I would love to eat humble pie. I just think Rodgers will be gone in the summer. If he's not, I think we'll be in for, for more misery because he's just not a guy that's that looks like he, he wants to, to change anything. So it's, I just think it's more misery coming up. Sorry, everyone. More misery uh, coming up. I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here, right? I agree with you. The performances are, are awful. They're, they're they're pretty bad. But in pretty much every one of those games, like and we're, we're not creating enough chances, all that's fine. The, the flip between one half to the other is awful. There's no consistency. But in every one of those games, we've dropped points pretty much, I think every game, we've had more than enough chances to win the match. So I don't think it's necessarily the... Op like, it, that, that in itself is kind of... Like, it's damning that we're not taking those chances, but there are like, but they're not the volume we would want. But you know, every game there's two or three chances we should score. We score two. We, if we go, we need to win. The problem is we need to score two goals to win at any match, and even two isn't even a guarantee these days. So, would you would you say Paul, that you need? Would you say Paul, you could benefit from a striker that has previously been the SPFL's top scorer and, uh, and team of the team of the season, team of the year? Player of the you, season, like you could really benefit the, from that. Well, this which is, she's got, this, which she can't this, is the, out of. this is the thing. Look, 
we could have spent 10 million and had Shankland and Miofsky and with the league's out of sight. Could, rotate, could give one game every other week and between them, they've got enough goals to win this league. So you're not like that, but that in itself is just a shambles. Um, and we're going to come on to, you know, some of the theories about what's going on during that window and on generally since he came on board. I don't, I'm not disputing any of that. You know, it, we're playing pretty poor football and we're hugely inconsistent. And, and I agree with you, the, the, the mentality, and I said it when Palmer missed two penalties in a row and they crumbled and they, they, they just looked shell-shocked for the majority of the rest of the match. They, the mentality in that squad looks weak. You know, you look under Ange, and a lot, of the, most, a lot of players are still the same. Under Ange, you know, when that, when that equaliser goes in in injury time, under Ange, you think, well, we, there's three minutes left, we'll score. Like, we'll still win this game. When that goes in, you just heart sinks. It's bloody 1 a.m. PR. And I just think, fuck, I've been up for two hours for this nonsense. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, and I think, yeah, and, and Carl McGregor was making comments about, in the press about, you know, some of these, you know, some we've had to get into some of these players and, and sort of tell them what it means. I was like, well, it's February. How Only two players have joined. So Nicholas Kuhn maybe needs to learn, but why is he not being told, told in the week he joined? Adam Ede is a Celtic fan by all accounts. So he's going to know. He doesn't need to be told, presumably. And he's been acting like he doesn't need to know. The rest have been here since at least the summer and longer. So why are they being told in February what is expected of the club? Because this is the first time we've hit any adversity since since they've they've joined the club. It's I just think there's like you say, there's, there's too much too much noise coming out, too many different bits and pieces. There's no consistency, and it just seems I, I know we're going to cover like what's the real reasons and what's not the real reasons. I think the worry is at the moment. I don't know. I'm someone who kind of disassociates with the thing. Like, because we've been playing so badly since before Christmas, my expectations have been low anyway. Like, I, I, I we asked in the group, like, um, you know, how many exciting games has there actually been this season? And I could think of about three, you know, like genuinely exciting performances that you've come out and gone, God, that was a good game. And it just feels like it'll just be a procession from now to the end of the season unfortunately watching the team hopefully they can get an early goal or two and get the three points and it's really it's i think the the the, the most probably uh, use the word upsetting but the most upsetting thing is that we probably watched some of the best football we've seen for the last couple of years under Ange, and then to go from that to what we're seeing now is just is just miserable it's just like we asked at the beginning of the season on here, what's the style of play? We still don't really know. It's just kind of keep possession of the ball and hope for something to happen. And week after week, it's just it's just awful. And if the board can't see that, I know people are saying it's a lot to kind of sack Rodgers, but we can't persist because we've, we've moved beyond even this type of football. Even if he wins, we've moved beyond this type of football. It's just so boring, so tedious, so monotonous. And how many players is it going to get to change that? I, I don't know. I don't know. So regardless for me, I hope we win the league, obviously. Pray that we win the league. But I don't see the evidence for it. Just don't see the evidence. In, and all the noises this, coming out are just bonkers. Okay. We're in this yeah. weird kind of... Sorry, just, we're in this weird kind of cycle where every few weeks we come back and go, why did he come back? Like, why is he come... What's he come back for? It's surely not that. Like, it's surely not this. 
you know, he's in his holiday house in Mallorca or whatever, Marbella, and he gets begged to come back. He surely wasn't coming back for this absolute guff. I just, none of it makes sense. None of, none of everything from then doesn't make sense. Our recruitment doesn't make sense. The performances don't make sense. The tactics don't make sense. I just, I'm at a loss to how we can, to the same to your point, it's just night and day, the stark difference between what we had for the last couple of years and now what we I'm also I'm also at a loss to explain uh, what Monty means here. I think that's supposed to be Gav. Gav reminds me of the landlord from the film 10 Relington Place. Uh, now, let me see. Does he mean Tim Roth? That's the TV show. Ten Rillington Place. If it doesn't mean Tim Roth, he means Dickie Attenborough, which is a uh, pretty bad. I reckon, have you ever heard well, of that show? I have not. I think he I may. have not. No, but I mean, it's like to be fair, did look a bit like you got all, uh, you know, give then, props. Then, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have picked that as Tim Roth. But it, it looks more like you than Tim, Tim Roth, Roth. To be fair. And the other big question on everyone's lips is why is Ian wearing an orange top? Can you please reveal what that is? Before we lose too many viewers, it's events. Um, it's like a spark of color. I chose a spark of color. Um, yeah, I've not. I've not decided to join the Masons. <laughs> that's good. It's gotten that bad. So it is Dickie Attenborough. Have you got? Have you got a photo of Dickie What's Attenborough that? in ten? It's Dickie Attenborough. It's not. No, it's no. Not well, I want to move on. I want to move on. Well, Dickie Attenborough doesn't look much like me either. For God's sake. Please tell me. He's got glasses, hasn't he? Um, bald and glasses. It's a it's a good look. Um, all right. So <laughs> the next few games we have to go right. We're away to Motherwell, at home to Dundee. Tough match, obviously. This Hearts one is that's the biggest hump. I mean, everything's a hump at the moment, but you would think we could to get by these first two fixtures, and we're away to Hearts Cup game. And then hold the St. Johnson. Hold on, away to and away to Livingston before Rangers. So you know, is it impossible that if we could get over the Hearts game, that we'll how many games that we can hoover up the points before the Rangers match? Get by, Gab. That that the, the the whole framing of saying if we can get by, we're talking about getting by. Motherwell away, which yeah used to be a tough game, and Dundee at home, getting by. Yeah. Yes, but if we can get by those, and then we play Rangers, then Rogers know how knows how to beat the Rangers. Eight wins, eight wins in a row, and we're all we're all happy days again. We aren't, but I mean, I'm trying to look at the bright side here, and then look at their fixtures. Now we have to do this. This is a bit blurry, but they've got a tough match again. Well, the Hearts are visiting them next. Don't know how tough that's going to be. Then they're away to Kilmarnock, which we seem to think was tough. We made. Hard work of that. Then they're at home to Motherwell. Away to Hibs, I think that's the cup. And then away to Dundee and at home to Hibs for for our game. So, I mean, can anyone see a, a world where we do better than they do in terms no. of points between now and us beating Rangers? No. Are we gonna be no. are we gonna be how many points behind are we gonna be by the time that game comes around? We'll put it that way. We're definitely going to be more points behind than we are now. 
I mean, I don't think that's a crazy. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. There's no evidence to suggest that they're not going to do anything apart from pick up maximum points because I, I don't know. I keep on calling the manager Baltimore. I don't actually know his what's his name again. Is it? It's Clement, isn't Come it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's getting a tune out of absolute dross. And he has been since he came in. So there's no evidence to say that he's not going to com- like continue to get that. And like you say, we're talking about getting by like home games to Dundee. So there's 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 no evidence. And if we are feeling like that we're having to try and get by and try and grind out the wins, you imagine what it's going to be like in the in the dressing room. Those guys live and like live in Glasgow and are surrounded by people who'll be telling them. So no, I just accept it now. Accept it now. Now, Frank Brennan appears to be our grinder expert. He says here, you can only grind out results if you have grinders in your team. And guess what? We don't have one single solitary grinder. So completely forget all about grinding in any shape or form. He's used the word, the verb to grind or the noun <laughs> grinder quite a lot there. But, you know, yeah, I mean, who's up for the scrap is a good question. But not one that either. I, I, wish I, you know what, I actually think. I actually think, and I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Taylor's probably the one that's got most bite about him in that team. Mm. And if we know the background of Taylor, you wouldn't think that would be the that would be the, the the case. But yeah, he seems to be the one with the most bite. I mean, I know people have been critical of Callum McGregor saying he's Callum McGregor has not had a good season. I don't think that's a surprise. He's maybe, you know, it's the same as the exciting performances. Callum McGregor's maybe had like two or three really good performances. The rest have been average to terrible. So when the captain is there not setting that example, I think everyone looks to him. And if he's not setting the standard, then it's it's going to drop. So he can talk to the players behind the scene all he likes, but probably be a better use of his time to perform better on the pitch. It's fair. It's fair. Okay. Uh, you know the two the two derbies is probably the standout games for him. And you're right about Taylor as well. Like the, the, we absolutely collapsed after he went off. You know we 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 played at a decent pace. We looked reasonably well organised. He went off, and every you might as well have taken the rest of them off at the same time because composure went out the window, and um, any chance of 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 hanging on pretty much left too. Okay. Well, I think the game, the fixture three from now is going to be. Pretty pivotal when we play. Yeah. I just hope we win so, the two in between. <laughs> no guarantee of yeah. that. Slim pickings. I can see the conversation in the uh in the chat there uh, among all our beloved commenters is starting to heat up. Oh, I should say. Comment like Pete Mac G, Frank Brennan, and John Clements. Feel free to join in the comments and uh we're going to address what's going off in the comments in our second uh, topic, really, which is I want I want you to help me understand, right? This is something that's talked about everywhere. You see it all over the place. How did we get here? And you see all sorts of speculative opinions expressed, some indeed in the comments at the moment. Some are more realistic sounding than others. Can we decide what elements of the speculation we think deserve to be binned once and for all? And if not binned, given their correct place in the list of contributory factors. All right. So here's the first one, and I think should be pretty easy to get over this one. We don't have to talk too long on it. 
Peter Lowell is purposefully starving Rogers of the tools he needs in the execution of a personal vendetta against him. Paul. No. Surely not. No, the context right. to that one is he, Rogers has been offered up something. He said no to it. So I think Law is just going with tight. Ange would probably have accepted the things that um, were offered to him because he would have said, I can actually develop players and get them to play in a system. Whereas Rogers has a different standard because he needs a spark of innovation in a team to like help elevate performance based, like possession based football. So I think it's a case of Law doing what he probably did in previous seasons and Rogers just not wanting to to take those players. Yeah, Ange has a solid system and it doesn't really matter who's in it, it works the same. Rogers yeah. needs individuals to make it work. Okay, next one. Lawwell and the board promised Rogers big money signings until he was in the door, because Desmond wanted him, and then laughed that he fell for it. And Brendan now realizes he was totally sold a dream and duped into taking the job. Again, I can't see that. I think if he did believe that, then, you know, kind of more fool him. I, I think he's obviously been told he's, he's going to get players to work with within the system and they would look for different players. I think the fact that Mark Lowell is leaving is probably an indication that all parties have realised that bit isn't good enough. So I think he's come on under the understanding that there would be like players, but the players haven't been been kind of surfaced. So I think Mark Law is probably the indicator there that he wasn't lied to, but there's not been 100% clarity or alignment. Go along with that, Paul? Yeah, I think it's fanciful to say that he was promised X and then we just pulled the rug from out, out from under him. Um, he's been sold, a, you know, that this recruitment overhaul under Ange has been excellent and, you know, probably pointed at Matt O'Reilly and a couple of other players that have, have done well. Um, meanwhile, you know, the not they haven't been as good that's followed in behind and, and yeah, we haven't pushed the boat out enough to get the next level of player that he can develop as well as. Okay, just quickly. There it is. That's me, apparently. <laughs> and we'll leave that behind where it belongs. Uh, Next serious tremendous. point. Stop laughing. This is too serious to, to be laughing. We'll be in Need trouble. Need something to cheer us up. Next point. Lowell and the board want Rangers to win the league and get the Champions League money so the old firm is back in business. Good for TV deals, good for the Scottish product, and rivalry's good for getting money out of the fans. Paul, this is my this is probably my pet biggest pet peeve of theory. I can't stand this one. I really can't stand this one. It makes absolutely zero sense. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. No, I, I mean that is that's ridiculous. I, I think the thing is, see for people who have actually worked in a big organization or had have worked for like a dysfunctional organization. You can spot the things that are happening. It's it's a collection of board members that themselves are deluded. That's the ultimate thing. They they've thought, well, we've won because you'll see it as well from a section of the fans. Right? Well, we've won uh, twelve titles out of the last thirteen. So um, you, you know, like, why wouldn't they be confident in all this sort of thing? And it's just it's negligence. It's hubris. It's delusion. Well, that's they, they coming up. Complacency. Yeah, yeah, complacency. Okay. Just 
Yeah. Well, the next one is Lowell and the board gambled in the last two windows that the squad was good enough to win the league this year and needed no meaningful strengthening other than buying a few more projects as per the player trading model. This is a lot closer to it. I, I think, bear in mind, and we've seen our friend Mickey Beale come in the news again this week, which we'll probably touch on later. But if, if he stays in the job, we're out of sight by now. Is my, you know, I think even with how we've been playing, we're out of sight because they'd have been even worse. Um, the difference is they they called it early, got raids, and they've brought in a guy who, you know, he's done a, he's done a decent job. You know, to Ian's point, he's 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 got what was playing as a pile of guff, and he's now got them functional. And by all accounts, I don't, I don't, I've got no interest in watching them. Um, but by all accounts, they're still not great. They're just getting results. They've, you know, that's where all the grinders have gone. Frank, they're all playing at Ibrox. Um, so I think that's a key difference, and certainly, in maybe in maybe in the, the summer window, they've gone. Oh well, and Rogers is probably saying, "Well, I need to see players. I need to see what I've got. You know, I can work with players." Blah blah blah. Let's not waste money if we don't need to. It's the January window that's a shambles because by that point they've changed their manager. Um, we know we're in a dogfight. We've dropped some silly points, and we clearly need to Ian's earlier point. You know, spend five, six million on a decent striker, you probably take the, the league away from them pretty easily. But we don't, for whatever reason. And and that's the major bit of complacency for me. Even if you had to pay eight to get Miofsky, for example, he's 24. You know, he's an international, there's resale value. He'll probably go for seven or eight at the end of the season to somebody better, you know, some some richer club, richer league than well, not richer than us. We've got more money than sense, but but to a better league, um, and Aberdeen will get a decent payday. And we, if we paid that premium, okay, we take we take the title away from them. So, so I, I understand that, what you're saying there about the the last couple of windows. There's a bit of a difference between what I just read out. Lowell and the board gambled in the last two windows that the squad was good enough, and they only needed to buy a few more projects and keep it going. And Lowell and the board did intend to strengthen the squad in the last couple of windows, but incompetence. Lowell Jr., Strachan Jr., and or failure to stump up the asking price, stymied deals for the type of players we needed. Yeah, so I, I can come in there. So I, I don't think this, I don't think the summer window was the gamble. I think the gamble was January. Uh, and I, I have no idea why they did gamble because, the, again, there's no evidence. That's where I think the complacency and all the stuff we've discussed comes in. So I don't. I wouldn't say it's gambling over the two windows. I say January has been the gamble, and it makes no sense um, to, to 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 anyone. Um, I don't agree with the bit you're saying about like failing to get the deals in. Failing to get the deals in. Well, maybe that is gambling, right? Because they've not gambled on that little bit extra to get the deals over the line. So that. So yeah. So January, hundred percent gamble across of all parts however you want to spin it about not getting the players in not getting the right players in, not paying the staff etc like i'm sure we've all heard the rumors there was like a couple of deals kind of close and players didn't want to come um to us which is like what's the point in that like move on and get the ones that do want to come to us but yeah gambling i can go with the gambling one now, whatever you think of Nicholas Kuhn, and let's not go down that path right now, 
he's not played enough to properly judge him, really. Um, oh, it's not looking course. great. However, just how we negotiated that transfer tells you everything about how we, how we were operating in that window. We knew he was a target. We knew the asking price was three million. It took weeks to get that deal done. We were back and forth over fifty grand, hundred grand. Just so if that's the case on on the one person we paid money for, it tells me that there was no real desire and, and to, to spend money. The communication from the club. The reason we know all that is because Kuhn told him us himself in his light presser. So, like, we've not only we're doing things wrong across the whole week. There's no way you should have the new player coming in and basically say, "Yeah, we they were arsing about with the transfer fee, and that's why it took weeks." Like, you got to brief them and say, "Right, you don't mention that." And I mean, you can question the intelligence of the player for saying it, but who's controlling the the communications at the club? Because they're, they're terrible. I mean, they're genuinely they're awful. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of good comments coming in here and, uh, you know, it would be all day if I was to put them all up because they would set us back a little bit in the conversation. But uh, the, the last point I have here is the board are hoarding cash to, sh to sweeten the takeover proposition and punting the club around for sale. That's that's my... that. I, do you know what? I think that's the most optimistic rumour going. Like, I think if... Because it, it implies a degree of competence by our board that I just don't think they're capable of. I just don't think there's any evidence to suggest that they're capable of, of doing that. I mean, like, Dermot Desmond doesn't look like he wants to give up control anytime soon. He, he's got his sons in the door to kind of control everything. Um, and I just don't think there's any... I mean, they don't even have the foresight to bring in a proper director of football. So how they're going to have the foresight to have the club in a position to be taken over. I just, I can't see it. I mean, I, I would love that to kind of there be an overarching plan like that. Zero evidence for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, same. Like Desmond, Desmond said that, you know, as long as, you know, he's around and the kid, his kids are around, they'll, they'll, that his majority, you know, his, not majority share, but largest shareholder position will stay. So, uh, you know, I don't really see how, unless, you know, every other share is bought out then which isn't going to happen because he's got mates with the difference okay so uh, if i can summarize this conversation then using occam's razor we've paired away at the more fanciful ideas and it seems to come down to john's comment here it's the biscuit tin mentality by the board that's the, that's at the heart of all our problems possibly nothing more uh conspiratorial than that is that what you're saying well there's, there's, there's an old expression isn't it that like you know if someone's rich they don't get rich by spending all their money right and i think like you know these guys are incentivized unfortunately the board i mean i don't know if people don't know this but the board are incentivized by the money that's in the bank you know their bonuses are like linked to that sort of thing and you know if the difference for them is like half a mil you know, they could spend £20 million in players, but then that's like half a mil less in their bonus because something might be affected by the bank balance. So when you get guys motivated like that, you know, biscuits. We, we've got so, so much money and so much profit we're paying. 
we're paying too much tax. Like it's just daft. Like every individual that's wealthy, like Dermot Desmond won't be paying any ta more tax than he needs to pay. Um, you know, your average business doesn't pay any more tax than it needs to be. They actually spend money to write it off as a tax break. And here we are getting whacking great tax bills because we're too much money. It just that to your point, it just shows that utter incompetence at board level. Okay, maybe we could uh, pull up a few of these comments and uh, see what we think of them. Oh, well, here's one on a slightly different subject. Who's the snitch's mate from Waterford? Dennis stayed at that ten. I haven't even seen that film. Never heard of it. Have you? I'm going to have to watch it now in preparation for the next show. It seems to be very uh, uh, on trend, even though it's a movie from the 1970s or something. Um. Let me see. The Huns do not have a single winner in their entire club. This will go down as one of the biggest embarrassments in the history of Scottish football, should we allow that side to win our league. I mean, Well, well I actually read Scotland. They have winners from when the board last messed up and not getting rid of Neil Lennon quick enough. So they do actually have winners because of the exact same scenario that's playing out now, one could argue. I was talking to point, the uh, point stands though. I think the point stands. Yeah, I mean, am it's I allowed be, to admit it would be that absolutely I, embarrassing? Am I allowed to admit that I have a friend who's a Rangers fan, and I was talking to him about it and saying, you know, we are just the, the collapse has been so shocking, and it's all of our undoing. Completely shot ourselves in the foot, and we're handing you the title. You know the way they talked about them handing us the title in the past couple of seasons, which was always laughable. My 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 best man at my wedding is actually a Rangers fan and my 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 childhood friend is a Rangers fan. And he's actually talking about football again now. For because for years he's he's not talked to me about football outside of a couple of things. And now I can't shut him up. So yeah. They come out of the woodwork, don't they? Mahesh uh, is our tactical wizard. Pointing out that Rogers last season at Leicester data predicted Celtic will struggle with his management and tactical approach. Well, that's certainly playing out. Uh, here's a bit more of a positive one. The league oors, bros, easy. I mean, if, if there was ever a username in a comment that screamed that <laughs> that might be an undercover, I, that could be an undercover. You think so? You'll never walk along Hill Hill 67. The league is yours. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's just positivity for you. Border businessmen oh, and good businessmen hedge their bets on money. So I believe still having Sevco as our main challengers is good for business, which we touched on earlier. Well, I don't think it is if you're giving away 60 million. Like, if you're giving 60 million away in Champions League money, like, that's mental business. That's like some of the worst business going, especially when you're in a position of complete dominance and strength. It's but terrible. That's my point earlier. I spent seven, eight, ten million in January, and you guarantee you pretty much guarantee sixty million. Yeah, bonkers. And well, there's a good another point there from Strange Love the Doctor. The board fattening up Celtic before it sold. And I mean these positions that we were talking about, the team needed. You know, it's probably changed since then because we were talking about this in the summer. This is what we're going to get in. At least three of these. Goalkeeper, left-back and striker. Tell you what, Joe Hart's been our best player 
um, since December. He's dug us out so many. I know. And everyone's saying, oh, isn't it going to be terrible if he leaves and then somebody has to replace him? Oh, no, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Your... that but... What? I don't yeah, agree with that. I think we yeah, do need a replacement he, there. He needs but... to be replaced, but he's he's dug us. I agree with you. He's dug us at all, and and then this is just just this just shows how much of a mess we're in. I'm happy with Greg Taylor. He's like he was the best player on the pitch until he went off on the weekend. So, like you know, when you've seen Burnaby for a few matches, you just go, please give me Greg Taylor. That's where we're at as a club. That's the, that's that's the size of the regression, though, right? The size of yeah. the regression in terms of performance by players and team is that bad that the positions we saw, thought we needed strengthened have actually gone to a base level where you could just strengthen any position in the team now. There's a couple of comments. Love it says, yeah, why hoard money and pay more tax on it rather than write some of our expenses off to tax? And Mahesh, to be controversial, better to hoard cash to create 200 million special purpose vehicle fund to get the transfer spend to levels that would get Celtic's Euro coefficient to Martin O'Neill's Celtic levels. What, we're just saving up loads of money so we can spend it on good players? And do brilliantly. I, again, I think that that one would imply a degree of competence and like forward planning. That forward is, planning, yeah, yeah, that is just non-existent at Celtic. So, big Joe Hart is Stan Laurel's son. Says Frank Brennan. I think you'll find Stan Laurel's related to uh, David Turnbull. Is that not what we learned from the music video? <laughs> we don't do those so much now because there's. Not too much appetite for jocularity. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> I think we need All right. back. I'll take more it's jocularity time. in this yeah. terrible time we're dealing in. It's time to move on to the Motherwell preview. Let's get excited about that. How, how excited are we for this fixture coming up? Prepare Very. for more misery. That's my summation. Prepare for more misery. We, we might end up getting the three points, but I tell you what, it's not going to be an enjoyable game. And you know, like if the pat if the recent pattern is anything to go by, we'll go a goal up, we'll miss chances, yeah. we'll collapse in the second half, we'll hold on, um, or we'll concede and it'll be a draw. But it's uh, nothing but misery, folks. I'm afraid. Okay. Well, look. The first Rinse question is: Our game is on Sunday. There are a bunch of fixtures before then, including the Rangers, who are playing at home to Heart of Midlothian. I was once told by a, an old gentleman that that was a club with one of the most romantic, sweet-sounding names in all of football. He was a Hearts fan. Heart of Midlothian. Are we going to be five points down by the time of kickoff, Paul? Aye. Ian? Oh, 100%, yeah. They've got a terrible, okay. they've got a terrible record there. Terrible record there. I got a terrible record against them, period. They 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 always huff and puff and then they beat everyone else, or even when they're on good runs and then suddenly they collapse there. Okay, this is what the table looks like. Two points behind. We're in second place. We're playing against Motherwell, who are in ninth place. Motherwell not doing that great at the moment. There's the last six fixtures. Look at that. Rangers and Hearts, both with series of W's. What I'd point um, out there though, Gav, is if you look at the bottom and you see Ross County, 
their only positive mm-hmm. result was a draw against. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And Look, Aberdeen, I'm trying to be cup half where... full at the moment because it's the future. Aber... You can be positive about the future. One of Aberdeen's draws is against us as well. Look at that. Not a win in sight. Okay. But Motherwell, DDDWDL, come on. We can add another L to that, surely. Probably. Better, better, better form than Aberdeen and Ross County, who we both struggled against. Okay. Uh, now let's talk about who you want to see play. Here's a, a tweet from a friend of the show, Anthony, Hag- Anthony Haggerty. Indeed. Indeed. And he's saying he wants to see Tomoki Awata come on, natural number six, move Callum McGregor further forward, add some steel dig and bite. Are those different things, steel dig and bite, into the Celtic midfield. Come on down, Tomoki Awata. Yay. Who's well, the question would be the question would be, I mean, yeah, we could see Tomoki Awata, but it would have been nice to see Awata when we needed him. Um, at about 70 minutes in the previous game. So if Rogers can't spot that we needed that sort of player at 70 minutes in a game that we were in danger of dropping points and losing, I mean, is he going to is he going to spot that for the upcoming game against Motherwell? Probably not. Probably same. Probably same team. Same tactics. Same misery. That's the last time you're coming on. Yeah, this is terribly depressing. But the problem is, like, I think I know what you want, Gav. You want us to say, "Oh, we do this and we'll do that." Like, when he went to four four one, that was radical for him. So, I now that he's done it twice, is he going to bin it and go back to? I think he should, right? I think he should go back to four three three. He should decide whether he's going with Ada or Kyogo, but he should he should go one. Uh there you go. Look at this. I think I think we need to load the midfield. It's a for me. It's personnel. So Navrosky better than Welsh and Scales. Yeah, he's on the bench because he can at least pass forward. Uh, you know, we need to play. It's just pat. Like if we pass the ball forward instead of side to side, miraculously we score. Ch- we make more chances and we score goals. It's, this is the problem. It's not a difficult game. That's why you can play it with a big a balloon and a couple of jackets. It's it's a simple game. <laughs> you get it up to somebody quickly and I, knock it in the net. Yeah, I don't I mean, mean blasé, but it, it, we overcomplicate this, and we, you know, we and lots of other people sit around spending hours on what we could and couldn't do. We like get it, pass it towards the goal you're trying to score find, into. Find Kyogo. Do everything you can to find Kyogo. Guaranteed. Like I mean, it's it's a joke actually even making the comparison. But if Warnock went in there, he'd be saying, get the ball forward and give the ball to Kyogo because he's your top scorer. And he would be saying to everyone, he'd be saying, see you, see you, give the ball to him because he's the one that's going to put the ball in the net and win the game. And instead, Roger seems to be saying, just keep on passing it about and we'll hope that like a goal comes. And then, but boss, boss, what about Kyogo? He's like scoring those goals. Don't worry, just keep on passing it about and it will get to him eventually. Don't worry about looking for all these runs or like trying to play him in, just you know, keep possession, trust in the trust in the possession. Yeah, Ralph went rogue on the weekend and went, Oh, he's, he's free at the back post, I'll take it over there, he'll maybe knock it in the net. And sure enough, he did. 
Brendan needs to pin the 4-4-2 experiment, go back to 4-3-3 with a striker and two inside forwards. Find any player, 100 points for charity for every touch over two. Pass and move. Uh, I think I have to uh, congratulate you on your uh, radar, Ian. You seem to be right about that. About this guy. You say it's all about personnel. Did anyone hear... Um, John Hughes talking about how he would just put our four best midfielders on and stop putting our quotes wingers on because they're not wingers and they can't do the job of wingers. Let's change it up and put a Watt on and Bernardo and O'Reilly and McGregor. And that's our midfield four. But that would need a manager who can work with the players he has and who can develop players. Now, I know Rogers has said he's capable of doing that and wants to do it. But again, no evidence this season of that. Worrying that John Hughes is making a lot of sense there. You're worried about that? And do you know what? I think he often makes a lot of sense. Probably on an official channel, he was saying that. Knowing the way that the, the state of the communications are, he's probably saying that in like a Celtic View podcast. Okay, I'm not sure what's happening there. Um... <laughs> All right, so. Score predictions? Do we want to do score predictions? 1-1. One, one. Come on. Comments. Tell us in the comments what your predictions are. I'm just going to be daft. 3-1. Uh, this guy This guy's going to predict a, a victory to Motherwell, I imagine. Paul, you just said 3-1. Three, 3-1 one. Three, one to us. Ian, what did you yeah. just say? 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one, one. One, one, yeah. Hopefully... Hopefully we can hang on to a draw by the end of it. No, I'm going to say we play reasonably well. We win by a couple of clear goals, possibly Paul's. And there's quite a few positives for those looking for positives. And there's still signs of the old frailties, of course, but it's three points. It was a comfortable enough victory. And one player will shine so much that everyone will be like, oh, he has to play from now on, like a Bernardo or someone like that. That's what I predict, lads. Respond to that while I ready the next bit. Let's get Mikey Johnson back. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I was waiting for this. Yeah, I know you're a big fan, so yeah. I thought you might be. Uh, that, you might be keen that, to see him. That, if ever there's an indicator of how bad things have gotten, <laughs> that's that people are like, "Hey, Mikey Johnson's performing at Dross Championship level, and he looks like he could improve this team." So, yeah. Oh, by the way, all the best to Mikey Johnson. He's he's doing well and, and fair play to him. Don't do prediction. Have it abiding in the bum. Well, if we all go for different scores, it's fine. Mahesh says, dedicated midfield four could work. Go narrow. Challenge the centre-back. So, I mean, if our, if our wingers don't hit the line and aren't using the full width of the pitch, then why not go narrow with better players if we have them? I think that's... Well, the Basis. You still need width. You still need width, but it gets too clogged up through the middle. So if you're going to ah, well, go obviously that, not everyone stands in the line. If you're going to, well, yeah, but you're, you're going to ask your wing, you're going to ask your fullbacks to get wide, presumably, because that's one of the biggest issues we've got. Is we our wingers keep cutting in, the defensive team just congests the block. We add extra players in there. Like even even the goal on the weekend, 
Palmer cuts right across. He sort of bumps into O'Reilly. O'Reilly goes, get out of my way. I'll have that. Then he sort of plays a really congested one-two with Maeda and then goes, oh, shit, I've, I've got no room to play here either. And he knocks it back to Ralston and Ralston goes, oh, have it. And uh, and the wee man pops it in the net. That It's far too congested. We need to get some width in the team. There you yeah, go, Johnson is, better than Kuhn. That's this, the latest narrative. Yeah, this is that is the latest. That is the latest. Which is wrong and, on uh, both sides of the equation. People bigging well, up Johnson and people dismissing Kuhn. Neither can Kuhn, be done yeah, with a straight yeah. face, can they? Kuhn's, Kuhn's not a game, off, game too. I've dusted off a phrase I used under Lennon's season, which is the next manager will get a much better tune out of some of these players. So I wouldn't be writing anyone off because the next guy who comes in might just say, let's not just keep possession for the sake of possession and might actually say, let's try something tactically. And you might see completely different players. That's why I'm like, some people are saying, I'll ask to Johnson, get rid of him. You know, there's so many players getting thrown under the bus. When that's happening, it's not really, it's not really the players, it's the manager, sadly. Well, Monty, what has Kuhn shown? Uh, very little, but, you know, he's only in the door. You know, and it like like the Mikey Johnson thing. Mikey Johnson's always had talent. I don't think that's up for debate. I think what has been up for debate is has he got the mentality to succeed at Celtic? And I think we know the answer is he hasn't. Um, it's no surprise to me that he goes away from the pressure of Celtic. And to Ian's point, he's going to mid-table battlers who aren't expected to do much. And yeah, he's got the freedom to play, and defenses aren't packed, and he's looked quite decent. Good luck to him. As Ian says, good luck to him. He did, you know, the, the kid has got talent. Um, I don't think he's Celtic quality. Um, and you know, he'll carve out a reasonable career somewhere else, whether it's West Brom or, or elsewhere. Right. Here's a bit more positivity for us to, to play us out. Joseph Doherty, 5 0, he says. Ian and Paul, get off the booze. When you're on here, it's like a comedy show. Hey, I do the game. I wish I was on the booze. Gav, I wish I was on the booze. Yeah, it's too early for him. And I'm only on mid strength. Like Red Scotland thinks we'll win comfortably for change as well. So I'm happy with that. That's that's quite good. All right, let's uh, go from things that make us happy to things that make us happy. Paul, this is you. Are we going with this? So, well, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it I was gonna do the Mad Irish Family with the big green balloon. So if you haven't seen that, go look for that. That's that's two minutes that will enhance and enrich your life, which we are not getting from Celtic at the moment. So go look for that. So my second choice was, um, yeah, this week it broke. Mickey Beale's got <laughs> Mickey. It's almost ludicrous, but yeah, Mickey Beale's got a burner account, and he's been he's been using it on Twitter to, to sort of prior to getting sacked to sort of big up himself, uh, <laughs> validate some of his decisions. Uh, the, the whole. Um, not handshaking the guy who got subbed there was a a narrative about that he was spinning so basically years ago he had this um was it football id a sort of um, player id yeah. a player id yeah sort of scouting coaching thing uh and then he hadn't used it for years and then he's been he's been sneaking on with it to try and retweet stuff and promote stuff and uh yeah a Sunderland fan did some digging and joined the dots and outed him and yeah, it's kind of laughable, but the sort of you know, it's a it's it's a sort of bit of a hollow laugh to some degree because we we all wish he was st <laughs> he was still across the city rather than uh, getting his second sacking of the season. I, he'll do well to come back from this. 
Um, yeah. England's mad right. though, so some, somebody will. England's crazy, so somebody will hire him. Somebody will buy his bullshit. Like obviously, he's I mean, the power behind the throne of Gerard's season. A fact that they even won it is ludicrous. So, yeah, this this was this was a bit of a laugh, but um, it's just it's indicative sort of, of how weird. Beale is much more stupid than he thinks he is. He thinks he's smart as anything, but he's a complete moron, isn't he? I actually feel a bit sorry, for, and this is weird, but I actually feel a bit sorry for him. I think he's potentially got some mental health issues. To be honest, to, to, to sort of take to, to be in the mindset that this is a good idea and that you won't be found out is well, this is a good idea. Suggests a man not quite, um, not quite at, uh, at the races. Ian has to leave us very soon, so just quickly, this is where is the coolest football pitch in the world? Look at these kids playing on this strip of sand with the sea all around them. I goals. mean, I think that's AI generated now, Gav. Like, I'm just what so do you think that's AI generated as well? I, 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 I've seen some videos now, and I'm just questioning absolutely everything. That looks like a, a beautiful wee pitch to have a, a kick around on, but is it real? Oh, for God's sake! You're determined to bring us down. Here's a here's a stadium in Norway, Henningsvar Stadium. Can you see that? Yeah, that bigger. It's pretty awesome. And then there's one in Australia here. You might be able to identify, Paul. Do you know where that yeah, is? No. Is that Australia? It's been put up by Outback well, Football. Maybe. Might have gorgeous, just bought it elsewhere. It? Yeah, it's not in, I know it's not in WA, put it that way. I would say that's probably... A, Gold Coast or something? Yeah, Queensland, maybe. Um, or Gold Coast. All it's right, gentlemen, cool. we have to wrap it up. Ian has uh, a hard out in about three minutes, so we got to let him get out, do that. Careful, careful with that. No, a hard out, I said. An out, okay. Don't tip your on. camera down or anything. At, not on. As I say that. Good. All right, gents, look, that was a lot of fun. We covered a lot of ground. There were some amazing comments there, so thank you very much for joining in. And uh, there's nothing else to do except say thank you, Paul. Thank you. And thank you, Ian. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you all in the next one. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. <laughs>